You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Now, when we started this evangelism series, Pastor Dave and I, we disclaimered, uh, as we do oftentimes with our series, that we certainly are not capable of giving you uh, all of what needs to be said are the the uh, the best presentations of things uh, and and I also want to say to you that there 's no way in a series of five or six messages that we could uh, take everything and 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 break it down and, and present it to you uh, about evangelism so we were trying to hit some very key significant points uh, in evangelism uh, and and one of the greatest things that we wanted to accomplish and hopefully we are accomplishing as we as we do this is to equip you a bit more to be evangelistic to evangelize to share to witness with others and so that's that's been a chief goal in the process here not just to to show you biblically that that witnessing is a part of our life um, but to actually uh, help you to feel m- uh, better about witnessing, are more competent about witnessing, are are uh, uh, more willing to be a witness and to share your story with others. And uh, so, hopefully, throughout this time, some of that has happened for you. Now, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to wrap this series up today and uh, sort of open the door for us to enter into. Uh, our Easter messages uh, next Sunday is Palm Sunday, and then the Sunday after that is Easter Sunday. And so we want to very much share and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We in this church feel that is the pivotal thing about our faith, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's all about His resurrection and, and His power, and uh, we uh, in enjoying that with Jesus. Uh, so we want to kind of open that door today as we're closing this this little series on evangelism. Um, But at the same time, I want today to be a day of commissioning. And by that, I mean that I would like for there to be a moment today, a very tangible moment, where you and God alone work something out. And that is that you receive from Him some sense of being commissioned to witness for Him. That there's a, there's a personal moment where you just receive that sense uh, of ownership uh, of this responsibility to be a witness. Uh, this is not to put pressure on you. Uh, this is not to force you into anything or in any way of doing anything. It's simply a moment where you and God have a, an encounter. And in that moment, there is something that happens inside of you where you are able, like the prophet Isaiah of the Old Testament, to say, yes, Lord, send me. Where there's this, this act of willingness that unfolds, if you will. And that's what we've been praying for. That, that would happen for all of us. That every one of us would sense this. And so you've been given a little, a little handout. And I'd ask you to just hold on to that. And at the end of the service, we're going to have communion. And uh, I will explain as we get there what, uh, what we're going to do. But this is just a little sheet to help you to work through that process at the end of the service today. And prepare yourself for communion and to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not in any way discounting your witness to this point, all right? I'm not in any way saying you haven't been a witness or your witness hasn't been good enough. But what I'm saying here is that I believe God wants Life Church to be very intentional and to have a significant sense of, of destiny in this neighborhood and in this city. 
All right? We can do so many other things. Pastor Dave just went to Swaziland. He and Jen are going to, in, a, in a, a few Sundays, they're going to share with you all of what they learned, saw, learned, experienced in Swaziland with the intent that we are more intentional about reaching uh, orphans and, and children in, in uh, third world countries and helping uh, nations in Africa. Um, we have a couple in China. Uh, they're very intentional about ministering there and sharing the gospel and raising up leaders in China. And so we want very much to support them in China. So we're not saying that, that we're going to stop or that we're not going to be globally minded. We are, all right? We're very globally minded. But at the same time, what we're saying is we're going to be very intentional and very exacting about being a body of believers who are coming together with the express purpose of evangelizing. All right? That we're going to do this thing together and that, that we're going to grow together, we're going to learn together in this community of faith as we are discipled. We are going to reach out and we're going to be intentional in terms of sharing our faith and witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to invite every one of you to be a part of that, to come into that. But I think the, the, the starting place isn't a commitment to one another. It is a commitment to Jesus. I think that's, that's the beginning point is when we make some kind of tangible, significant commitment to Jesus. And it's a, it's a marked place. It's like in the Old Testament when they, they uh, put stones together for a memorial. And they said, we'll remember this. We'll remember this moment when we met God here and he did, he did this amazing thing. So they have these memorials. So today is going to be a memorial. And uh, I think the most dynamic way that you and I can engage Jesus Christ in our day is to commune with him, to have communion and to receive Holy Communion uh, with him. And so we're going to have an opportunity for you to do that. We have a table sitting here that has been designed expressly for this particular communion service today and this commissioning. And, and, and Jeannie's done a marvelous job of providing you with the, 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 the bread and, and, and the juice at the table. But also all around that, there are photographs of areas of our city, of our community. And uh, so as you go to the table, uh, I'd like for you to be mindful of what you're looking at because it's representative of our neighborhood and of, of our city. And, uh, and, and as you do that, I would like, I would hope, I would pray that uh, your heart would be grabbed by God and the eyes of your heart are opened to what God wants to do through Life Church and through you being a part of that. So we're going we're gonna to get to that. But I want to give you one last thing about evangelism today. And uh, that is, is the power that is in the, the work of evangelism. And so I'm going to take you into Acts today. This is actually going to sound like that I'm getting ahead of the, uh, the, the, the calendar, the church calendar here. Uh, because I'm really kind of going almost to Pentecost here. And we haven't really entered Palm Sunday yet. Okay, but what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go over there. And then we're going to work our way back uh, to, in, into where uh, we need to be for Easter, okay? Because here's the thing. I think, I believe in my heart, I think and I believe that, that Easter is indeed, it's been proven statistically by, by those who do those kinds of things, uh, do the research, that Easter is, is, is the most um, visited Sunday uh, in, on the church calendar. And by that I mean that those outside of the community of faith in each church um, they come on Easter Sunday because they're invited or because they feel the need to or they, they just want to be in church on Easter or whatever. I don't really know all the answers, but people come to church on Easter Sunday. And so what I'd like for us to do is I'd like for us to understand today the importance of the power of the Holy Spirit 
in witnessing. And then I would like for us to make this commitment to the Lord today and be commissioned. And then I would like for us to seize the opportunity of the next two Sundays to begin to pray and prepare our hearts to invite others to come uh, to Christ. And they don't have to come to church to come to Christ, okay? All right? Uh, But somewhere in your sphere of influence, in your circle, I believe there are some people who don't know Jesus. And this might be the most significant opportunity that you have to open that door and to go there with them. And so we want to, to get you ready to do that, okay? So let's, look, let's turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading at verse 1. Um, and uh, we'll, just, uh, we'll just kind of break it out from there a little bit, okay? <clears throat> Acts 1 verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them, and he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait For the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates that the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. It's an amazing story, isn't it? This is so powerful. This this revelation that Jesus gives to these men who are about to, to, to embark on the building of the church of Jesus Christ in the earth. And I think that you and I have the same responsibility that these men do. And I think we have the same promise that they do. I don't think there's anything that's given to these men on this particular day or anything promised to them on this particular day or any other that you and I cannot receive as well. And I believe that the promises that God gave to the early church He has given to you and I. I think they're the same for us. And I think we can receive with faith the same things that have been given to the early church. And so I want to talk to you and let's let's talk about witnessing in the power of the Spirit this morning. Because I believe that this is the sort of the the final point to to make in terms of getting you to like relax and and be confident and to be bold in sharing your faith. And uh, so I want us to begin to try to understand that there is a there's a, a, a dynamus, there's a there's a dynamic that's going on here in witnessing that is is uh, very, very powerful that you and I need to pull on. And maybe we don't from time to time understand this or maybe we don't. Uh, 
pull or receive from God what we need to to be able to be the kind of witness that he wants us to be. Um, there's a story told that, that uh, on, and I, I, I kind of identify with this story a little bit, but there's a story that's told about a man and, and his wife, and they just have a baby, and they bring the baby home from the hospital. And uh, this was many years ago now, okay? Uh, so the price of items would be very different uh, 20 years ago than they would be today. But anyway, they bring their baby home, and they put the baby in the, in the little crib, and uh, the baby is laying there all quiet, and the room is dark and, 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 and quiet, and, and uh, the dad, he's just standing there, and he's got his, his hands on the, on the crib, and he's just kind of running his hands along the crib, and he's just staring down, um, and he's just got this kind of amazed look, and then a perplexed look, and then an amazed look, and he, you know, all these facial expressions are going on. He's looking, at, and his wife, she, she walks by the door, she passes by, and she notices, and so she stops, and she's in the doorway, and she's looking at him, and, and, and she's, she's just captured by this, this picture, uh, this silhouette, if you will, of her husband there, and so she, she tenderly walks over very quietly, and, and she snuggles up, and she puts her hand up in, in Inside of her husband's arm, and uh, and she holds on to him, and she leans into him, and she says, "Penny for your thoughts." And he goes, "Isn't it, isn't it amazing? I cannot believe it. How amazing that someone could build this kind of crib for forty-six dollars and fifty cents." <laughs> Now, I know all you ladies are going, well, that's a man for you. <laughs> but, but, but it, you know, here's this unbelievable creation of God in the middle of this little crib. And this man is looking at the amazement and the craftsmanship of a brother, you know, a fellow man, and being awed by it. Sort of missing the amazing craftsmanship of what is laying inside of that bed. And the, the, the amazing miracle of what is there before him. And I think this is oftentimes how we respond to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Is we, we're, we're looking around at all that is around us. And we're amazed at creation. And we're amazed at, at the complexities of life. And we're profounded by, by all different kinds of things. And yet we are missing the reality that inside of us... Is the power, the Holy Spirit of God. And we miss it oftentimes. And I think we do that when we are trying to be intentional or we are feeling that we need to be intentional about obeying God or, or following God. And so oftentimes because we miss what God has for us in the power of the Holy Spirit, we move into the power of our own strength and our own might and we begin to operate out of ourselves and out of our flesh rather than out of the amazing power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. And I think that's probably why oftentimes we've gotten frustrated or, or disappointed or, or dismayed by this thing we call witnessing. And sharing the love of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 tells us something very exceptional lies within each Christian. And when we obey Jesus by repenting of our sins and, and uh, 
obeying him in Christian baptism, we have a, an amazing promise out of Scripture that comes to us, and that is called the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say there's a possibility. It doesn't say there's a chance. It doesn't say that if you do a few more right things or you jump through the right hoops that you'll get it or that it's out there and you have to, through some mysterious way, find it. No. When you will receive the Holy Spirit. It is a gift to you and you will receive the Holy Spirit. In, in fact, if we look at Ephesians, we're told that, that God's Spirit is the mark of God's ownership of us. All right, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. When you heard and received and believed the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. All right? That's you and I. God has taken care of this thing. And we have received His Spirit. Now, there, there are some people I realize who believe that the Holy Spirit is some kind of ethereal thing out there. Some people believe that the Holy Spirit is some kind of like inanimate object, you know, like, like the crib that, that held, held the baby. Um, and, and, they, and they see things or they are looking for things out there somewhere. When in reality, you have this Holy Spirit inside of you as a believer. Uh, I, I, I understand. Theologically, these people accept the idea that, that God's Holy Spirit can, can live within us. But it's, it's up here somewhere. And they, don't, they don't think that much of the Holy Spirit or that the Holy Spirit does very much. And so they miss out on some of the dynamic and the impact that the Holy Spirit means for us and can have for us. It's easy to see how this can happen. They're, 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 <laughs> wow, there's a lot of churches that, that teach things about the Holy Spirit that are bizarre. Stuff that's unbiblical. But hear me out this morning. This gift is too precious, too powerful, too wonderful for you and I to let something that we've seen outside of us Rob us of the experience of enjoying its power in our own lives. It's too powerful and too dynamic and too precious for you and I to dismiss it or to diminish it because of something we've seen or something we've heard or even something that we've experienced prior. I'm telling you, the real genuine power of the Holy Spirit is something amazing that you and I need to grab a hold of in this day. We need to be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to challenge us now that we look at it this way. John chapter 16 verse 7. Yes. Yes. It is good. It is for your good that I am going away. Jesus is speaking now. And he says, it is good. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. 
Let me help you get free here, even today. Relax, because you know what? You don't have to convict anybody of anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right? You don't have to convict anybody of their sin. You don't have to convict anybody of righteousness or lack thereof. You don't have to pass any kind of judgment on anyone. Jesus is saying here that when he left, he would send the Spirit to take his place. And it is the Spirit that is to be Jesus' connection to us, his power within us. And so the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will do many, many things in us and out of us. Help us in our prayers Help us to understand the deep things of His, His Word. Guide us, teach us, and even empower us. But perhaps the most intriguing thing that the Holy Spirit is all about is that the Holy Spirit was sent to do what is implied here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And that is to fill us with power. And then we would be witnesses. The Holy Spirit came, then witnessing. Seems rather peculiar, doesn't it? Th these people here in this passage have been with Jesus. And they've been with Jesus throughout his entire ministry. They've been trained by Jesus. They've sat at his feet. Um, they've absorbed all that Jesus had, had to give during, during his times of teaching. They went about the, the, the surrounding uh, communities, villages, preaching the kingdom of God at hand with Jesus. But here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it implies that they would become witnesses after, after they receive the Holy Spirit. Why should they have to wait? Why not just start witnessing right, right then and there? Well, they could have. They could have. But I think there's something important for us to grab a hold of here. And that is that, that they would have lacked the power that was needed to witness in the earth. And that power would only come through the Holy Spirit. In other words, they, they could have begun witnessing. But it would have been without that power. And it's very likely that in that case it would have been frustrating at best. It would have been a lot like a man using like a hand trimmer to mow his lawn when he's got a really big mower sitting in a shed somewhere. You know, like the, the power's there, but he's choosing not to use it. And so he takes a lot longer and it's a much more frustrating and uh, uh, tiring effort on his part because he's working with something very limited. I understand the frustration of witnessing. I get frustrated witnessing. Actually, more than frustrating, I get fearful about witnessing and a lot of times don't witness. I'll be honest about it. But when I do witness, you know, I, I go along with someone, I'm trying to witness to them and trying to share with them. There's a guy that I've been trying to witness to for quite a long time. And it's like, I just don't get any angle in there. You know, I just, just know where for me to get in there. And he, know, he knows that I'm there and he knows what I'm all about. And he knows I'm trying to witness to him. And, uh, and he's buffeting me on every corner, you know. And so we're, sometimes we're sparring and sometimes we're just tapping at each other, you know. And sometimes he would just sit and there's moments when he would just sit and listen to me 
And I just, I share. And I realize that there's stuff coming out of me that I, I, wasn't, I wasn't prepared. You know, it just, it just came. And I know that that's the spirit of, of the Lord. But sometimes people don't seem to listen to us. They, they, they reject us. They put us off, sometimes politely, sometimes not. They don't come to church when they say they will. I'm, I, there's so many of you who have come to me on a Sunday morning or, or during the week and said, hey, I was talking to so-and-so. They promised me they're coming to church on Sunday. And I hate to even look, on you Sunday, uh, look at you on Sunday after church because they didn't show up. You know, and I know that you're disappointed and dismayed by that. And I know it's sad to you. And it, it hurts my heart. Uh, it hurts my heart that they didn't come. But I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. It hurts my heart even more that you're disappointed because of your efforts. And it's like, oh God, please, for them. (laughs) I know that person needs you, but (laughs) these are my sheep. These are people that I love and I care about. I don't want them to hurt. I don't want to be disappointed in this. And I also know the frustration of failure or the sense of failure. This is why I'm trying to give you this today. It'd be easier if we could be like Lucy in the Charlie Brown series. Uh, you may never have seen this. This was years and years ago. Um, but Lucy says to Charlie Brown, I would have made a great evangelist. And Charlie Brown answers, is that so? And she says, yes. I convinced that boy in front of me in school today that my religion is better than his religion. And Charlie Brown says, well, how did you do that, Lucy? And she said, I hit him over the head with my lunchbox. (laughs) When the spirit is not at work, we kind of look to other means and measures to try to share and convince people to be saved. And so we're not so much unlike Lucy in some ways because we try to force something upon someone or we retract or we just give up or we never actually step out if we are not careful we will fall into the trap that we have to somehow do it all in our own strength and that's what I want to take you away from that's why I said last week relax It's my belief that part of our frustration in witnessing comes from not understanding the very pivotal role that the Holy Spirit plays in helping us share our faith. And that's what I want to convince you of today. Jesus said, it is for your good that I'm going away. Isn't that amazing? It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go, the Holy Spirit cannot come, the counselor cannot come. I have to go so that the Spirit can come. And I will send Him. And when He comes, He will convict the world. You don't have to do this hard work. One of the primary jobs of God's Spirit, I believe, in this world is convicting people of their sin. Of the need to receive righteousness and of the reality that there is an impending judgment that is out there. So you and I don't have to convict people. We don't have to change their hearts in regard to salvation. That is the Spirit's job. Let me take you, uh, well, let, let me take you into a courtroom. There's a judge, right? There's a, pro- there's a prosecutor. There's a defense attorney, all right? There's a defendant, and then there are witnesses. 
Who gives testimony in the courtroom? Anybody? The witnesses do, don't they? The witnesses give testimony in the courtroom. Do the witnesses prosecute the defendant? No. Do the witnesses convict the defendant? No. Witnesses witness. Witnesses witness. And they do their best to give a very honest and and forthright and true testimony because they realize that the verdict that will be handed down may hinge on how well they witness. So there is there is uh, soberness and seriousness to this act of witnessing or testifying, if you will. But convicting people is not the job of the witness. And convicting people of their sin or of the need for righteousness or of the closeness of judgment is the job of the Holy Spirit, not of you and I. We simply need to be a witness That's a wonderful, wonderful revelation for you to get. Still, the Holy Spirit is indispensable in all of this, all right? There's a huge implication here of you and I. And let me sort of bring that out here as, we, as we're getting ready to, to prepare our hearts for communion. Unless someone preaches witnesses, the Bible says, people cannot hear the gospel. If they don't hear... If they can't believe, and if they don't believe, they can't call, and if they don't call, they won't be saved. The salvation of the people we care about hinges on our faithfulness and witnessing. It really does. You don't have to convict them. You don't have to save them. All right? That is the Spirit's job. But it is paramount that you and I witness, that we share with others. So the Holy Spirit is indispensable in our witnessing, but so are we. But here's, here's the beauty. Let, let me take it a little bit further here. Let me, let me share what Paul says. Paul says, um, I came to you in weakness and fear. How many, you relate to that? Yeah. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message, my witness, my preaching, my witness, they were not with wise and persuasive words. I've, so many people have come to me and said, Pastor, if I just had the right words, if I just knew how to pull up the right words, if I was a crafter of words, oh, I could be such a witness. Paul says, my message, my preaching, not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom but on God's power. Listen, I don't want you to lead to anybody. I don't want you to lead anybody to a faith in Jesus Christ on anything less than the truth of God's Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't build some gospel of your own here, please. The Bible warns you of that, and we've already talked about that in this equipping series, that there is no other gospel but that of Jesus Christ, Him crucified, resurrected, sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I, coming again on that day. Zechariah in the Old Testament said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Whatever happens, whatever we do as a church, it's going to be done by the Spirit of God. Um, 
there's a, one pastor, he, he writes, he says that, that the first church he served, a young man, uh, came repeatedly to church. For the longest time, he wouldn't make a decision for Jesus. But then shortly after he made a decision for Jesus, this guy went up to him and he says, that, you know, I, I, um, I'm just wondering, you know, which sermon, what, what did I say? What, what got you to accept Christ uh, as, as your Savior? And, and the guy says, well... Um, I, don't, I don't mean to offend you. No, I don't mean to upset you. Uh, but the reality is that it wasn't, it wasn't your preaching. It wasn't, no. Uh, it was the fact that every time I sat down in that pew, he said, something came over me and it gripped me. And he says, I can't explain it. He says, but my knuckles would just get white and I would just sit there. And I would be so relieved when you were finally done. <laughs> In other words, those sermons didn't do a doggone thing, brother. <laughs> God got a hold of me. Every time I came in your church, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. He was convicting me. And my white knuckles were evidence of that. God has a way of humbling pastors. <laughs> Let me tell you just a, a couple other things about the Holy Spirit and how He can help us in sharing our faith. He can help guide us to people that we should talk to. He can, he can give us the opportunities to witness. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region. Um, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came to the border of Mysia, they, they tried to enter a, a city there. And uh, the Spirit of Jesus, it says, would not allow them to. And so they passed on and they went down to another place. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. What does all that show? It shows that the Holy Spirit can lead right to where you need to go. I, I, I'm not asking you to just start on the street corner over here at Euclid and 11th and just go house to house to house to house and knock on doors. I'm not telling you to, to do that. I don't think cold calling is, is the way to go. I'm, I'm not asking you to do that kind of stuff. I'm asking you to live where God has put you. I'm asking you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit inside of you and take advantage of those moments when you're prompted by God and God says, hey, go talk to that person. Hey, stop right here for a minute. There, there's just so many stories we could tell about stuff. I believe that God's Spirit can give us the opportunity to talk to anyone if we just ask Him. I believe He'll show us how. Another thing that the Spirit can do is, is give us boldness. Give us boldness in our witnessing. I, one of the best people when you talk about boldness is D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was talking to this man on, on the street in Chicago. He was just walking down the street. Um, the, old, the old guy's leaning on a lamppost. Moody, of course, was an evangelist in his day. Put his hand on the man's shoulder very gently. Just ask him, said, are you a Christian? The man turned around and said, mind your own business. And D.L. Moody goes, this is my business. <laughs> this is what I do. I care. I am concerned. I want to know if you know Jesus. And he began to just talk to the man and led him to Jesus. 
There are times when you can be bold even if you don't feel bold. There are times when the, the boldness, the Spirit of God can come upon you. I know He's in you, but He can come upon you in some way. I don't know how to explain how that happens, but, but you can, can feel impressed and suddenly you have courage and you have boldness to step out. Take advantage of those opportunities. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John have just been arrested. They were beaten. They were released. They went back to the church. Listen to what, what, what the church prayed in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Lord, consider their threats, those of the people in the city. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal. Perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. The Holy Spirit can not only give you boldness, but He can give you creative ways to witness as well. This, this is one of the, the greatest stories of, of someone who's overcoming obstacles of anyone I've ever read about. You all know the Salvation Army. And in the early years, the Salvation Army people were very, very intent on witnessing and sharing the gospel. Um, and uh, they, they rang their bells, you know, in the early years as well. And this one lady was ringing her bell, and, but she was sharing the gospel of Jesus. And so there was an ordinance created that no one could ring bells like the Salvation Army rings bells in the in the community and so they presented this little woman who was sharing her faith and ringing her bell every day um uh publicly out on the streets of, of her community and they presented her with the ordinance and they said you'll 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 have to be done you can't be here anymore you can't do this anymore because you can't ring the bell you can't ring the bell that's what the ordinance said you can't ring the bell the next day she was out there. There was more people around her. She's preaching open air, preaching like never before. She's got a placard in this hand, a placard in this hand. One says ding, one says dong, and she's doing like this. <laughs> what, what else can I say to you? <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's just wrap it up here. The Holy Spirit is the power of God that lies within us. There's nothing else. I, I wouldn't want to give you anything else. In all honesty, I have nothing to give you. In and of myself, I have nothing to bring to you. I can only tell you that the Holy Spirit is here. And He can assist you. He will comfort you. He will empower you. And He will assist you in your witnessing. He will guide you to the people that you can talk to. He will give you boldness to speak to others. And He will work in the hearts of those people. The people you care about. The people you love. He will convict them of their personal sin. He will convict them of their need for righteousness. He will convict them of the possibility of a coming judgment. What you and I must do is we must pray that God's Spirit will prepare the hearts of the people that we want to talk to. Before you talk to someone about Jesus, talk to Jesus about that person. All right, pray and ask God for His leading and His help. Trust that the Holy Spirit will do His part. God is faithful. He is not a man that He could lie. And then listen for God to guide you to the people that you are to speak to. And then speak about what God has done and what He means to you. There was a British preacher in the 1800s Alexander McLaren, maybe you've read about him, a skeptic came to him, he promised him, he said, this is what I will do, I will attend your church for four Sundays in which you will present the main tenets of Christianity. 
And at the end of that time, I will decide what I will do. And after the fourth message, the man came up to McLaren and he said, I'm presenting myself for membership in the church, I believe. And McLaren looked down at him and he says, so tell me which one of the four sermons got you and convinced you that you needed a savior. And he said, in all honesty, none of them. He said, but after the, the fourth one, as I was walking home, I chose to help an elderly widow walk across the, the cobblestones. And as we were walking across the stones, and as she held my arm ever so gently, she looked at me and said, Good sir, do you know my Savior, Jesus Christ? He means everything to me. I would like for you to know him. And he said, something grabbed my heart in that moment. And I knew that this woman was offering me everything that I had need of. No sermon. Hear me. <laughs> no sermon can do what the Holy Spirit can do. Don't wait for them to come in here. They're on the street. They're in your neighborhood. They're in your coffee shop. They're where you work. They're on campuses. They walk across your backyard. They're all over. They are the lost. And Jesus has called you to go to them. And I believe that he has given you everything that you have need of. Here's the final application. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? He's not locked away in your heart as some secret like a locket, like a name in some locket that only you get to open and bring out from time to time. The Holy Spirit is in you, but the Holy Spirit is in the midst of you. The Holy Spirit is here with us. He came here today knowing full well what I would say to you and knowing full well how you would respond. He came with the intent of touching your heart, of capturing you. And bringing you into him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore honor God with your bodies. What agreement is there? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You and I must look a little different. We must act a little different. We must be a little different. Because what is in us is different. I appreciated your comments this morning, Nathan. I believe that any time we go to a wedding or a wedding rehearsal or a, 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 a bachelor party or a bachelorette party or a birthday party or we just wake up in the morning and look at our spouse or anything else, we need to be different than the world. There needs to be something about us because we have been marked by the Holy Spirit because we are possessed by God. He has paid the price for you and I through His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the way it is. 
That is the message, all right? And so if you are sitting here today and you are forgiven, you have a responsibility to respond to the Holy Spirit in you and to allow God to work through your life. If you're sitting here today and you've never known this Jesus, then you're not filled with His Spirit. But today you can be. Jesus will receive you without question. He will, he will gather you to Him. He will call to you that what you feel is, is the Spirit of God. And He will save you from your sins. And He will fill you with His Spirit today. Nathan's going to come and play some soft music for us with his guitar. And here's what I would like for you to do. You have a, a, a little handout that was given to you. Would you just take that, please, and, and hold on to that for a moment? Um, Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, he says, For what I received from the Lord, I also pass on to you. And that was that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, it says, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For when you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I want to pray. And when I have prayed, then I'd like for you to, to go through the process of, of reading this piece of paper. If God gives you some names to write down right now today, that's great. If He doesn't, that's okay too. But after you have reached that point, then there is a prayer that I, I would like for you to pray. And it's kind of broken out there. And I'd like for you to pray and ask God to prepare your heart. I'd like for you to ask Him to help you to trust the Holy Spirit. I would like for you to ask Him to open your ears to hear that you may listen as He guides you. And then I would like for you to ask Him to help you to speak about what He has done. And when you have prayed that prayer, I would like for you to walk to that table and have a piece of that bread and drink that juice as symbols of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And for a moment, would you note those pictures? Let me pray for you. Father, in this very sacred moment, would you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, come to us? And would you speak life and resurrection into us? Would you help every person here to capture an image of the lostness of this neighborhood and this city and even beyond? And as we see what is around us, would you help us to say yes to the call to go and to make disciples? Holy Spirit, would you fill to the full every person in this room right now in the name of Jesus. And as they receive this power from you, may they go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
you've gone through the sheet of paper, then please go to the communion table and seal this work. Afterwards, you may depart and be blessed as you go into your mission field. Go in Jesus' name.